Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. I'm your girl, Lonnie Love. This week, baby boo Alec is out. He is booked, blessed, and on a boat telling jokes. Uh, if you go on his Instagram, you will see all him in the water and everything. He's having a good time and he deserves it. But do not worry, squirrel friends, because I have got a very special co-host this episode. She is a big, beautiful, blonde queen. You all know she's an actor, a singer, songwriter, comedian, host, DJ, makeup mogul, motel owner. And I really love her. She's the winner of All-Star Season 3, just to name a few things. Please give a warm welcome to Trixie Mattel. Trixie! Oh, Yes! Yes! Thank you so much for joining me. How have you been? I'm so good. This is like the highlight of my week. I, (laughs) you know, I did the pit stop when you were on it, like almost every challenge. And you're just, we're one of my favorite judges. You are so warm, but you don't let these bitches get away with anything. And that's like the balance, right? Exactly. Exactly. And what else have you been up to? Because, I mean, you've just been doing so much and you've been doing so well with Drag Race. What's going on with you? Well, I've just, you know, more like Barbie than you think and that I have 500 jobs. So, you know, I'm a... I'm working at my cosmetics company, the motel running, my bar in Milwaukee. I'm on tour with Katya. I'm about to go on this DJ tour for my party called Solid Pink Disco. And I'm still doing my podcast, Bald and the Beautiful, season eight of uh, Netflix. I like to watch. Yes. And once in a while, I sit home and cook and pick my nose. Like once in a while. (laughs) But you're also doing something very important. I saw an article because right now we're going through a lot with LGBTQ rights and trans rights. Can you talk to the Squirrel Friends a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, let's just be honest. When we talk about bills that are created to restrict the art of drag, we're talking about a Trojan horse that's used to marginalize, criminalize, and attack literally women in pants and men in dresses. Mm. Or any expression of transness, any expression of any gender. Like, the famous drag queens are getting involved, but let's be honest, we're not the ones who are in the most danger. This is going to affect local drag queens, normal trans people, like just right. people who aren't even in the public, people who are just not even entertainers. So the drag queens, you know, me, Bob, Alaska, 
everybody's getting involved because it's so sick and insidious. I mean, Katya and I played a sold out show in Florida two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And right before the show, we were told that, you know, 3,000 people sold out house. They weren't allowed to have alcohol because the wow. governor had called and said that if the venue serves alcohol, they're going to take their liquor license. And oh. I know from the motel and my bar, you lose your liquor license, you're, That's you're it. cooked. Yeah. So obviously as a drag queen, I'm offended by all of this, but mm-hmm. I think what all of us semi-notable drag queens, the reason we're getting involved is because we care about trans people, people who express their gender. I mean, yeah. the gentleman on my tour who does merch, mm-hmm. he he's heterosexual, cis, male. He wears dresses. I mean, mm-hmm. he could be criminalized for mm-hmm. wearing a sundress. Do you know this what I mean? Ridiculous. It's he ridiculous. could be really aggro. He could go see a Fast and the Furious movie. Straight mm-hmm. people love that. Mm-hmm. But he could mm-hmm. wear a dress and go like, you know, and I think in some of these bills, they're saying the second offense is a felony. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, just I like, just could not imagine. You all are having like some type of telethon, you and Bob in Alaska. Is that what's happening to bring Yeah, awareness? we're basically all putting together individual performances that will play like a telethon. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be all providing little vignettes that all go together because okay. it's really sick. It, I mean, you know, and you know Drag has given me everything. It's given me this computer I'm talking to you on, this house I live in. Mm. And it makes me really sick 15 years into drag. I would think things like this would be in the past. I would have never believed. Exactly. I would do drag for 15 years and then experience something like this. It's so bizarre. But you Mm -hmm. know, it's also shows how little people know about us because like- They don't. And that's the reason why we have to keep- pushing, you know, this is a RuPaul's season 15 and Squirrel Friends, we're going to get to the episode, but I am so happy that you came on because we have been using voices. We have been wanting to amplify the fact that it's a constitutional right for every American to be able to express themselves the way they want and live the lives that they want. And what I always love about RuPaul and Drag Race and all of the queens is that you guys live life fearlessly. So I just wanted to say thank you for using your platform to help fight these stupid policies and these stupid laws, but also to educate the country. And we just have to keep pushing and we have to be aware. And this is the thing, RuPaul, since the beginning, has been saying vote. This is why, remember at the end of the episodes, it would be like, you know, your vote matters, your vote counts. This is why, because now even 15 seasons later, we're fighting laws and policies that are discriminatory against our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ plus community. So totally. I mean, you know, I love Jane Fonda and I was like, my first instinct was I'm going to fly to Nashville and get arrested. Like this, if we're going to show how stupid these laws Mm -hmm. are, we need mm-hmm. to force them to, I was like, well, I should, I should go get a, and then I was like, well, that's my privilege speaking as a white, well, <laughs> semi-well-off male to go get arrested for fun. Like, I was like, well, I shouldn't exactly flaunt that I can play around with getting arrested, but right, right, I was right. just, it makes me really sick. And of course I think about the drag industry, but like mm-hmm. I said, I really worry for normal people who are not entertainers who someone Mm -hmm. is gonna see them at the grocery store and scream, drag, that's drag, call the police. And this normal person stepping out to buy cojita cheese and and, you know, a gallon of milk is gonna get what, a misdemeanor? Yeah. Because we're gonna keep fighting this. 
And this is why we do this. You know, we call it squirrel friends. We fight, but we also celebrate this art of drag. And this episode, we're going to go over season 15, episode 14. And it's getting close because we're at our top four. So if you haven't seen the episode, please go watch the episode because we're going to give out spoilers. Today, we're going to chat about the Tic Tac Chick. Chats. I love those. Tic Tac. Can you say that three times, Trixie? Tic Tac. Tic Tac. Girl. <laughs> no, I can't. I will say, I think it's great that they can use the word Tic Tac and they don't have to go like small one calorie breath mint. You know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're also going to watch the top four queens. Blame it on the edit. We're going to do a fabulous video and we're going to see drag excellence on the runway one last time this season. And of course, we're going to talk about the lip sync. We're also going to be talking with Lucy LaDuca later in the episode, so don't miss that. Ooh. And it's all with my special guest co-host, Trixie Mattel. But for right now, Squirrel Friends, it's time for 15 Seconds to Say. This is where Alec and I have 15 seconds to race and say all of our most important thoughts and takes on a topic given to us by our fabulous producers. With Alec out, Trixie, you get to do it. We're going to put that mouth to the test, honey, and see how fast you can talk. Okay. We know the queens this season love to be in an era. So today's prompt is, what era are you currently in? Tell us about it, Trixie. You up for it? Okay. Ready, set, set. I'm in my Lonnie of Love era. Um, I'm trying to get Emmys. I'm trying to get awards. I'm trying to be an activist. I'm trying to look beautiful in and out of glam. I'm trying to be an incredible host for a show. I'm trying to be um, glamorous. That's it. That's 15 seconds. You did great. Thank you. I thought you would like that answer. I love that. Thank you. Okay, okay. It's my turn. So you say, ready, set, say, Lonnie. Okay. Ready, set, Say. I'm in my pitching era. I'm pitching new shows. I'm trying to be creative. Um, I want to present love and light. And so this is the era where I just let my creativity sprout. And I'm doing it with Trixie Mattel, honey. I didn't count on my fingers, but I think that was probably 10. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was good, though. For your first time, that was good. How are you feeling so far? Have you even been watching? I know you're so busy. Let's address the elephant in the room. (laughs) Trixie Mattel doesn't even have cable, okay? Trixie Mattel. Trixie Mattel. You know when I watch Netflix? When Netflix gives me money to go watch Netflix. Like, I'm just not a TV watcher. So everybody at home might say, shut up, bitch. What do you have to say about this season of Drag Race? But, you know, my partner watches it. So I caught the performance during the rusical. Uh-huh. You know, I catch things. Okay. But also I've been there. Also, okay. I know some of these people. Right. Also, I've judged drag queens now. So. And you did watch this episode. You of know, course I did. Because I sent I it to you. It. So. so we're going to talk about that. But if you want us to say something for 15 seconds, DM or message us your ideas at Alec Mappa on Instagram or at Comic Lonnie Love on Instagram and at Lonnie Love on Twitter. Okay, we're going to get right into this episode. First of all, we had to say goodbye to Lucy LaDuca last week. Now, if you haven't been following along, Trixie, Lucy LaDuca was kind of like our whiner of the whole season. And Girl, they made that so clear even in this episode. <laughs> I, I feel like I understood who who Lucy was because everyone was like, that negative bitch is gone. You know what I mean? Or it seemed like she was the other... Compared to Mistress, she was the other kind of shit starter. 
Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this last episode, she actually had won the challenge, so she was able to actually pick like for the maxi challenge. She was able to pair up the remaining queens, and so her strategy because her and Lux Noir London never really get along. She tried to give Lux the worst person. They were teachers. And so she paired Lux Noir with a teacher who was totally opposite of her and things like that, thinking that that would put her to the bottom. Well, it did, but it also put Lucy to the bottom as well. And so they both ended up lip syncing and Lux won over Lucy. So Lucy's strategy didn't help. It didn't win. It didn't work out. Well, you know, it's, um, I'll say this too, putting people in drag to make them look like you Mm-hmm. Who always flops at this is young, naturally beautiful, femme, skinny <laughs> girls. Because it's not like every day I have to turn Walter White into Malibu Barbie. Do you know what I mean? I know how much makeup I have to put on. And so if you're one of these girls who naturally just, you know, you're not going to slay that makeover because you don't understand mm-hmm. putting a trowel over brick. I got these <laughs> cheeks woo-hoo, and the tape I have to use. I am learning so much. Are you on that? It's a small world marionette business. <laughs> yes. You. I'm just, I just learned about that. Trixie, I'm learning all of the secrets from my Queens and I'm like, it works. Hey, if it works and it makes you look good. Yeah. But you are absolutely correct. If you are naturally thin, beautiful, it's really hard. So that was, a, it was a really, really good challenge. But also Lux feels that Lucy was playing a dirty game and karma got to her, which it probably did. Anitra also now, she has won three maxi challenges and is tied with Sasha, who we love. And so now it's just the top four. The queens are ready. Sasha is feeling the heat, though. She's in the top four. Sasha has been killing it for all of the episodes, Trixie. But she's now, like, feeling some pressure. You know, I mean, you being part of, you know, a season, two seasons, And when you were, especially during All-Stars, were you feeling a pressure of like, okay, these bitches are going to come at me? Uh, Yeah. One of the things they don't talk about much on Drag Race is if you're coming in and no one knows who you are, Mm -hmm. you have nothing to prove. If you're a Sasha, everybody in the room is like, oh, that's Sasha Colby. So it's Mm -hmm. actually a little harder because you kind of lack the element of surprise because everyone knows what you can do. Right, right. And on top of that... You have to deal with your own expectations you put on yourself. If you're Sasha, you have an entire body of work where all the most famous drag queens in the world already know and love you. Mm -hmm. And you have to live up to that internal, like, bitch, it better be a 10 because you've done it. You know you can do it. Not to mention Sasha has resources some of the other girls might not have, connections for costumes and hair. It's like an All-Stars. When they announce an All-Stars cast, there's the people that people say, oh, I'm excited for her because I didn't see enough of her. Right. And then you have all this opportunity. But then Mm -hmm. if you're someone who has a big career, it's like, well, it's theirs to lose. But that's actually not helpful. It's not helpful to have pressure. 
Oh. You know, I, I don't think it is. They, no, that's what she's feeling right now. And so that's what we're starting this episode with. RuPaul comes into the workroom. The four remaining, we call them our fantastic four. They come in. RuPaul comes in with a suit. It's like one of the final episodes. So, you know, because we've had like Palm Springs Rue this season where he's been wearing <laughs> these like sweaters and, you know, things like that. But this RuPaul's time, getting wild. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful black with white pinstripe suit, thick pinstripes, not small, with an actual burgundy shirt collar. And he looks nice. So this is this he is what we're about so to start. Good. But you know what? We're doing great. We're going to take a quick little break and come right back with Trixie Mattel. And we're going to talk about the Maxi Challenge. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back with my special guest co-host, Trixie Mattel. Now, this is the Maxi Challenge. Rue comes in the workroom and says the queen's charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent have been pulled poked and prodded like never before. Now they're in the final stretch and they need to prove who is the baddest bitch of them all. Uh Oh, it's about to get hot, Trixie. I love this part. You know, I do too. This is the best part. You know, I will say, and I don't want to tell stories out of school, but (laughs) every year, Mm -hmm. every fucking year, RuPaul says it's the top four. Mm -hmm. Only three of you will proceed. (laughs) Bitch, that has not happened in a decade. That has not happened in a decade. And all these drag queens have to go, oh no, one of us is going home. Girl, when was there a top three? 2011? Like, seriously. RuPaul is like, she's 51st dates where she's like, only, she's like, we're going to send one of you. And all those girls are like, girl. But you know what? You never, because this is the thing for this season, season 15, there has been someone going home every episode. Like that has been unusual because usually like, you know, remember that it was like a couple of seasons ago. It was like really super long. Like, you know, they would save people. They wouldn't let people go. So girl, that was, (laughs) wasn't that like, wasn't that your season? Like 14? Yes. It was literally the longest. I did pit stop that season. I was like, we have been here for months, months. 
90 minute episodes and there was like 30 of them. I was like, <laughs> is this Westworld? Like, it's crazy. You know, you tell all the stories, okay? So for their final maxi challenge, they will be collabing with Rue on the season 15 remix of his song, Blame It on the Edit. Oh, I love that song. I mean, now, you know, for squirrel friends that may be new to Blame It on the Edit, have you ever blamed it on the edit, Trixie? You know, back in the day, <laughs> back in my day, you know, season seven, like I was in Logo TV, you know, remember that? Right? And you would maybe interpersonally blame it on the edit. You would maybe <laughs> chat with a friend about how you blame it on the edit. Now these girls are going down to the White House. They're getting on national <laughs> stages and they are going, Ross Matthews, lick my ass, you <laughs> I mean, the girls now are wild. The girls they now are. are like- They are. What they don't yeah. understand is, I learned this really early. School them, school them, I, I learned this really early. A drag queen told me this. Whatever happens off camera, on camera, you have mm-hmm. to remember that the audience, their story is going to be what they see in the episode. So mm-hmm. even if you do feel differently, you will look like a bitter, outrageous, wild freak to like tell stories out of school about some shit that the audience never saw happen. Like, yeah. You can feel differently. And but by the way, these are drag queens. No matter what they do, they're like, I was the most sickening. <laughs> so you have to consider the source because drag queens are not reliable narrators. <laughs> Blame it on the edit. Blame it on the lies. Blame it on the fallacies <laughs> and the fabrications. Because I will say it's, it's fun to be like, well, they conveniently missed that clip of me doing this. But it's another thing to every season of Drag Race. These girls get up there and they soliloquy and monologue about their shortcomings and how it only happened in Final Cut Pro or Adobe Premiere. And, you know, the golden rule in reality TV is nothing's more interesting than what really happened. Yes. And so maybe it's an opportunity to go, well, maybe my perception of it isn't exactly what happened. Okay. You know, you dress like a different person and go by a different name for a living. Maybe you're not reliable. You know what I mean? You know what? You better drag them. Okay. So this is going to be the remix of uh, RuPaul's song. Blame it on the edit first. They need to write and record their own sassy verses. Then they'll be working with Drag Race choreographer Miguel Zarate to create a new space-themed music video extravaganza, sort of like Scream with Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. And then meanwhile, each of them will join Rue and Michelle for an intimate tic-tac chit-chat. So Rue, again, says that there are going to be three of them. And it, it seemed convincing, though. It would only be three going to the final. I was like, oh, you know. Bonnie, you I, know RuPaul. <laughs> you know her. You you could see her tell. She was like a poker table. She was like, you know what I mean? She like pulled in her ear. I'm, I'm always like, Rue, really? Really? You know. I go by history and facts and I'm like, girl, show me. I'll believe it when I see it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, we get into the tic-tac chick-chat. Now, do you remember your tic-tac chick-chat? Did you have Never one? had one. Never, Never had one. Had one. They did them on All Stars uh-huh. and All Stars 2. And I was on three. We didn't do it on three. And then oh. they did it on season seven, but I obviously did not. Yeah. Okay. Because I was edited unfairly. <laughs> You blame it on the edit. Yes. So I'm blaming it on the edit. I'm blaming it on the edit. But I didn't get a Tic Tac luncheon, which is a bummer because I honestly have only had a few sit down girl to girl conversations. And Katya has been on What's the Tea twice. Uh-huh. Katya's got a Tic Tac luncheon. One time on season 10, I think, I was a guest for a mini challenge and the electricity went out. 
And RuPaul and I were sitting in the workroom in the dark <laughs> while they were fixing everything, just us together. Uh-huh. And that was my secret Tic Tac luncheon because there was no cameras and RuPaul was hostage to hang out with me. <laughs> so I was like, this is fear. So that was my Tic Tac luncheon. She asked me about, she was like, what you been up to? You know, I told her and she said, and your music. She said, I seen your music on the charting and stuff. And she said, you own all that? And I said, yeah. And she was like, make sure you own as much of your music as you can. Wow. She was saying how important it is to try to own your content, own your videos, own your music. So I got a little secret Tic Tac luncheon, but I never got the real, like the, you know, yeah. cry about your cat or whatever luncheon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? We love these. And you know what? You had the infamous vote for the winner bit on All-Star Season 3. So. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't recommend winning that way. <laughs> I would recommend winning other ways. You know, my five-year anniversary of winning that was last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even post about it because I was like, I, I don't want to incur the wrath of anyone so we'll just no no but you know what i recommend winning more conventionally okay i don't recommend the front runner self-eliminating that also introduces imagine if sasha just left last week oh my oh oh people would be so mad that would be like what would happen so i recommend if you can getting that Tic Tac luncheon because that's probably a really magical moment. Yeah, and it was a magical moment. Up first was Sasha. Now, Sasha, she moved from Hawaii 20 years ago. And the interesting thing that I got out of that was the tragedy of her family. She discussed losing her father, her biggest ally. And what happened was that Sasha's having issues with her mother, which a lot of us, you know, do. I've had issues with my mother, but, you know, because of Sasha wanting to be the person that she should be. And then her biggest ally was her dad. And as it would happen, her dad left her the generational land. And as a queer person, it felt like a seal of approval. That's why I like these chit chats because it reveals something a little bit extra that we don't know. And it humanizes, which, you know, what we've been talking about when we talk about these laws and policies, Trixie, when you get personal stories and you hear these stories about the Queens, that's why I want people to hear about it because it humanizes it. This is not just people playing dress up. These are people that are actually going through emotions that feel things and they have a life and they have a story and they deserve to be happy. So when she revealed that, that was just another layer of Sasha that I didn't know about. Especially, you know, even as a drag queen, you know, 15 years in the industry, like, When I started in drag, Mm -hmm. you know, cis, white, young queens were kind of the minority. Mm -hmm. And so drag was honestly my first experience where I had personally very candid discussions about other cultures, the trans experience, the black experience, like, you know, a little Caucasian from a small town. Drag, these are real people with completely diverse experiences. Yes. So you also get four Tic Tac luncheons that are completely different. Different. Because, my God, we are not a monolith. I mean, drag brings together the most different people who are mm-hmm. all here because we love the same sport. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for somebody like Sasha to be candid about not just death in the family, mm-hmm. but how transness introduces distance with a parent and then loss of another... It gets so complicated. And anybody watching this, I don't want you to think, well, see, drag queens all have trauma. That's why they cross-dress. It's Mm. more like, oh, drag queens are all people 
So of mm-hmm. course they have a little trauma because drag queens mm-hmm. are human beings. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Sasha starting it off and being that candid, it was like, yeah, it was like it was, it was a gift. It was it was she was generous with RuPaul and Michelle, but also the world by talking about. She could have talked about anything, and she was generous by opening up that way. Definitely, she feels that now after doing the show that she could do anything. She feels like she can do anything after being on Drag Race. Up next, we have Anitra. Anitra talked about growing up in a strict Mormon household, feeling like she needed to be quiet and hide herself. And it was funny because when she went to sit down, RuPaul and Michelle both said, hey, you're the most unassuming when it comes to being a drag queen because she's so reserved. And then that's when we found out, oh, she's a Mormon. And it was like, love that. Love that. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm... I'm good gal pals with some of the women from Housewives of Salt Lake City. And, you know, I've gotten to have one-on-one off-camera discussions about, like, when you introduce that restrictive religious air, mm-hmm, it affects mm-hmm. everything. It affects it everything. It permeates every decision you make. Mm-hmm. It, it, it permeates the way you feel you're allowed to celebrate when you succeed at something. Mm-hmm. It changes the process to success. I mean, when she introduced that idea, I was like, oh my God, like it's hard enough to cross-dress. I mean, we live in a country where in non-Mormon areas, you can now be criminalized for cross-dressing. Right. Imagine being Mormon, like, whoa. And she said that her drag persona gives her the freedom to express and do whatever she wants. Michelle gushed over her boss bitch lip sync and reveals that it was her favorite of all time. I mean, she did this. It was a serve. I watch, I of course watch the lip syncs every week. I watch the runways of lip syncs every week. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That lip sync. I mean, Doja created an incredible song. That's a great song. I use the acapella of that in my DJ sets a lot because you can put that acapella over anything and people get so nasty. They love it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. When you have the gift of two good lip syncers and a great track and good lighting, like it's a recipe for success. Like it was amazing jumping over a person. Lonnie, let me say I'm ambitious. Me jumping over a drag queen would have looked a lot different. I would have left in a fucking body bag. It would have been like, but she did it. She, she did it. She said she learned how to Vogue by doing it with her sister in the dressing room. And there isn't much ballroom scene in Las Vegas, but so her love of it came from watching YouTube and, you know, she loved to walk in on a ball one day. This is the the beauty of technology too, Trixie. You know, with her not, you know, knowing about the the balls and the houses and things like that. She was able to to learn so much just by watching videos. And you know, you are queen of YouTube. I mean Girl, you can get a PhD on YouTube at this point. Like <laughs> You know, probably not on my channel unless you're trying to study easy bake ovens and shit. But I also think, you know, this is a generation of drag queens who put on wigs for the first time because of what they saw on television. Mm. So I think it's good to encourage people to access things like ball culture, drag, Mm -hmm. makeup. It's important Mm -hmm. to encourage people to engage with that in whatever little avenue they can reach it. Because if we're waiting for someone in a conservative Mormon community to take the weekend off and go to a real life ball, hmm. that might not ever actually happen for that person. So never. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. You're right that people can access that way. 
It was great. Up next, we have Mistress. She talks about being a timid kid, but once she found her voice, she realized it was better to be outspoken and speak her truth. She says her outspokenness got her in a little trouble with Lucy. Laduka. She says Lucy was a different person on and off camera. Ooh, she was giving the tea, called her out on it. If you're going to be a bitch, just be a bitch. I was watching this like, oh. I know. Lucy, Lucy can't get a break. She's going to be at home watching this <laughs> oh on TV. And she's like, girl, I'm gone. Why are you still dragging me within an inch of my life? Like, I'm gone. How do you deal, like, in the two seasons that you were in, was there ever something that you looked, you was like, wait, what? To be honest, when I look back at things I was in, I only ever have like regrets about how I handle things. Mm. What other people say about me? <laughs> my two favorite quotes, RuPaul, what other people think about me is not my business. Right. And Azalea Banks says like, your problems with me are your problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure we should always follow everything everyone ever says, but those two quotes I really like. Because you can't really change what other people say or think about you. You can really change how you feel about it. Yeah, definitely. You know, like there was a fight that Shangela and I had once over a note in the workroom. And I'm just not a, I'm not a conflict ready person as far as, it's interesting that I do reality because I'm never one to like, if someone challenges me, I'm not like, well, what about this? Mm -hmm. Well, what about this? Yeah, I really just kind of, I shrink. Mm -hmm. And I always wish I would, when I get into these situations on camera, I wish I knew how to stand up for myself because I just shrink. I really just shrink. Mm. I'm kind of that way. I think it's not that you shrink. I think you just don't like conflict. I you don't know I mean? at all. You, you just don't. It's like, and sometimes there's no need for it. But, you know, some people feed off of it. And sometimes that's what I believe Mistress does. She likes to kid and she likes to tease and poke and prod. It's just like if she senses that, it's like a dog. If a dog senses that you're afraid of it, it's the worst thing. It'll keep, you know, barking. It'll keep trying to attack. Do you have a lot of dog trauma? Yeah. Lonnie? I got bit by a dog when I was five. You did? Yes. I, Where? Yeah, I, the lady, my baby. By the way, this is our Tic Tac luncheon now. I know. My, my, I was five years old and I was with my babysitter and we were going to her uh, nephew's house. And I'll never forget, I was walking. We had parked the car. We were walking, and we were walking toward the house. And then this big German shepherd, and mind you, before that, I love dogs. Big German shepherd comes just running. And I'm five, so I don't know. I'm thinking it's coming to play with me. And it just jumps on top of me, and I just close my eyes because I saw his teeth. And I could still see, to this day, I could see the teeth. And something (gasps) just told me just to hold still and close my eyes. And I, I knocked out when I woke up. I was in the hospital and I had this big, so I almost didn't have an eye, Trixie. I almost, what? I would have been one-eyed Lonnie, like this. <laughs> yes. Oh my true story. God. It bit me right. I said, it, it bit right here. And if I had, if I had turned or something, it probably would have bit my eye out. But I believe that that was God that was protecting me and just told me to stand still. Cause it just, I was on the ground and I was just still. So believe that. Yeah. And so that's why, and it took me a long time. And that's what I mean about fear. It took me a long time to get over the fear of dogs. But I'll never forget when I went to the therapist, they were like, if they sense that you're afraid, and that's the same thing with people. A lot of people, and people like a mistress who is really a loving person and does it in a fun way. But still, if you're a person that, you know, you don't like conflict or you don't like people talking about you publicly or whatever, it's hard for you to take it. So you, but you have to learn how to, to deal with a person like that. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm totally with you. I do wish I had just a touch of mistress 
like in me with like the ability to have the courage to like actually clap back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, cause I, got I mean, you. you know, I don't have, I just, I really don't love that about myself. I wish she's really comfortable Mm-hmm. Going to yeah. the red table talk with people <laughs> at any moment. You know what yeah, I mean? She, like, she, 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 she doesn't. You know, she really loves it. Can you imagine if I only had one eye? Welcome to the stage, one eyed Lonnie. That would be my whole new persona. It would be- but you just get bangs, <laughs> and you just walk fast. And oh you know. yeah, I get one side sides bang. But you know what? I do believe that the thing that she did mention, Mistress, in her chit chat, was that she battles insecurity all the time, and she has to be confident for herself. Because because she's faced so many situations where others, like her biological family, let her down. And I think that's where that I'm going to talk about you before you talk about me comes from, you know? Totally. I mean, when you feel a certain amount of, I'm going to say her words, I'm not calling her insecure. The insecurity she's talking about. When you feel that, it puts you on an edge where you can be zero to 60. Because you already have that inner voice being like, ooh, I don't know about you, girl. And then mm-hmm. if somebody even touches it, you're like, Ugh! you know, and it's, I get that. I, can we, I know, it, I know we're not talking about her makeup. This bitch, that makeup <laughs> is dusted. That is the most beautiful. When they're doing the, the all season they're long. showing her through the season. Mm-hmm. That makeup is unbelievable. That's all some season. of the most beautiful makeup I've ever seen on Drag Race in my life. All she season is gorgeous. Long. Yeah. And you know what the thing is? She wanted to do everything possible in the competition. Like you said, the makeup's been flawless. She wants to make her drag family and her hometown proud. And she's doing just that, you know. She's from Houston, right? Yep. She's from Houston. Texas yeah. girl. Um, Next, we have Lux, Noir London. She planned and wanted every look she wore on and off the main stage to be a fashion moment. This is one of our young queens. She's got that slender body. She knows about the fashion. She has the confidence of the world. She went to Cicely L. Tyson High School for the performing arts. And Rue is just gagged at that Girl. because... <laughs> RuPaul's reaction. Uh, by the way, we love we love Miss Tyson, of course. Yes. But yes. when we talk about RuPaul's reaction, I was like <laughs> the spiritual bong rip that she took when she said Tyson. RuPaul lately has been. I love RuPaul's laugh so much, but lately RuPaul has been like on the verge of laughing at all times. And so RuPaul will be like, "I like your sweater," and the Queen's like, "Sweater? I hardly knew her." And RuPaul's like, <laughs> "Like." RuPaul is an easy crack up. Like she likes to laugh. She really I love does. that cackle. I love RuPaul is in her laughing era. That's what girl. I mean. She's in her laughing era. I mean, Lux is so. I mean, of course she's beautiful. Yes, yes. And definitely. all shapes are beautiful. When you have a traditionally fashion-forward shape, you have a mm-hmm. lot of. You can go to the store and buy mm-hmm. something. I mean. Mm-hmm. Same as in drag, if you have small feet, you can go to the women's shoe shoe store and just buy shoes. I mean, she has access to a lot of clothing and stuff that helps her on this journey to create these fashion moments. Because my God, is she beautiful. She's been doing it, you know. But the whole Cicely Tyson high school, that just shows you just how young she is. Because Cicely Tyson, who I also met, I met Cicely Tyson when Tyler Perry had the grand opening of his studio in Atlanta. And I was running late, as usual, on the red carpet. (laughs) But there was a reason, Trixie. Because who was also running late? Cicely Tyson. And that was my moment to meet her. 
I had words. We took pictures. And, you know, I asked her how did she feel about because Tyler actually was the first movie mogul or studio to actually pay her a million dollars for doing a movie. Wow. I love Tyler so much. I've always wanted to meet him. He's really a great a drag guy. icon. Yes. He's a drag icon too, if you yes. think about it. Medea. Yes, I love Medea and I love Tyler. He's good friends with Lisa Vanderpump and she always says he's like the nicest person alive. Nicest, nicest. Oh, I hope I get really, to meet really him someday. Is. He will text me at two o'clock in the morning and he's like, I'm just, you know, I'm praying for you. I mean, that's just the type like, he's a billionaire on a, on an island somewhere on his private island. And he's like, he'll text me or I'll text him. Like I text him a lot more now than he texts me. I was going to say, don't you get nervous <laughs> if it's 2am and he texts you out of nowhere, I'm praying for you. You know what? That's him. Are you like, is something wrong? <laughs> like, do I One need time prayers? he was really like into it too. He was like, I'm praying for you. Is, is something going on? And I'm like, not really, but okay, I'll take You're it. You're like, I better go lock my front door. Damn. Like, <laughs> I'm praying it. for you. You're like, am I okay? I, don't... I love it. So when Lux is asked about her confidence, she says it comes from her parents. They taught her to be a leader and not a follower. You can be proud of your accomplishments because there will always be people who say, you can't be that. And I think that's so great because you know how many times we hear about parents that aren't supportive to hear this story of having supportive parents. I think that that's just great. And that's why we have these type of conversations to show people that everybody's not like, like you just said, it's not a monolith. You know, there are some parents that are supportive. There are some, it, it takes a little bit more. And, you know, I just think that it's great that you can tell that having that support is what is making Lux the queen that she is, which is a fabulous queen. Totally, because on Drag Race, we hear so many stories of my family doesn't like my drag. And we it's fun to hear a story like Gigi Good was another example of someone whose who's parent like roots for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I love hearing stories of like positivity from family. Yeah. My mom's not positive or negative. She could not be less, impre- like, less impressed. <laughs> She's like, my mom is literally like, well, whatever you have to do to make money. You know, we got to make some money right now, so I got to hit another break, but we'll be right back with my special guest host, Trixie Mattel. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. 
So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back with our special guest, co-host Trixie Mattel. Let's get into this video rehearsal shoot day. You know, rehearsals are always like, okay, I did Celebrity Drag Race. And when I had to do the rehearsal, we had two days to learn. <laughs> we had right. two, two days. days off camera. <laughs> yes. Two That's days. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Actually, it was actually one day. And then we came back the next day and we did, the, we shot it. You know, I learned it that day and I was able to go home that night and kind of look at the film and try to get it down. But for this, they had to learn it right then and there. The choreography. They had to learn it right then and there. Have you ever had that pressure? Did you guys have to do that? Well, the fact that they had to rehearse in drag is, I was like, <laughs> ooh, the pressure's on. Like, I mean, drag is so horrible. Like, it's so restricting and uncomfortable. Well, mm-hmm. I guess not really now for the new drag queens because they don't wear body or makeup or wigs. But like, <laughs> you know, drag queens in general, it's tough to rehearse in drag. Like, it's it's just restrictive. Like, can't bend, can't move, can't breathe, can't sweat. By the way, don't sweat because you have makeup on. And Kitty Girl, we had to learn it all out of drag. Okay. And then we just had to do it like one take. So once you're in the drag, we didn't waste a lot of time in drag, but guess what? You had one shot. Oh, okay. So that was a little spooky. Yeah, that's what happened with us. We only had that one shot to actually do the whole routine. So, yeah, it was kind of like the same. But they, because this is the final four, they're under pressure. So Michelle was there at the rehearsal along with Miguel. And we had our girl Anitra was in this fire red outfit with a sequence. We had Lux Noir, who was in like a pleather leather bodysuit with thigh high white boots and heels. And then we had Sasha, who was looking like the most fierce Pam Anderson ever. And then Mistress had on an all multicolored bodysuit, really restrictive, really tight, but it looked beautiful. And of course, her face was done. So they were all in full drag for this rehearsal because they didn't know this, I don't think. They had to learn it and then they shot it immediately after that. And that was where the pressure was. Yeah. I mean, it's also when you learn in choreography on Drag Race, nobody ever talks about this. There's the girls who like bucking girls, like girls who can do like the drag dancing. Mm -hmm. And then there's girls who clock time in a studio in front of a mirror learning choreography. On Drag Race, when you can do the splits or a cartwheel, people go, you're a dancer. Uh-huh. But then you put these people in choreography mode and they can't grasp a thing. <laughs> no. So we really need to talk about, when we talk about who who's a dancer on Drag Race, doing a back bend doesn't make you a dancer. It makes you bendy. Oh. You know, these girls who have to learn the choreo and they can pick it up. Lux uh-huh. was like, give me this choreography. I got it. Right, right. Because it also is mindset. Once you decide you're not a dancer... Your brain is not going to accept that information. And that's what happened to Mistress. Yeah. Once they're like, who's a dancer here? Raise your hand. Say you're a dancer. Just lie. Every time I drag race and they said, who's a dancer? I raise my hand. Wow. Just lie. 
Lie, lie, lie. Give yourself the confidence. Because yes. during the rehearsal, you know, Lux was having a great time. Sasha, of course, was picking it up. Anitra was having a little hard time. But definitely, Mistress was having a hard time. And she was getting in her head. And so now, Michelle and Miguel both were trying to get Mistress out of her head. And I think sometimes when you're a bigger person, because I'm a bigger girl, you let your weight restrict you and you can't allow that to happen. It's like there are, there are tricks that you can do when you're bigger that makes the move look big without it, even though you can't maybe lift your hand all the way up, but you can flip that hand so it looks like it's moving. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. I mean, it's not even a big thing. It's also the diva thing. Like Mariah right. is not doing what the dancer's doing. Mariah right. is doing like the slightest whisper of what they just did. You know what I mean? Like if it's like a bam, Mariah's like, you know, but if you commit to it, it's fine. Right. 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 Once you're in it and it's already, and once you're in rehearsal and Michelle has to stop and ask you if you're doing okay, you got to have nerves of steel because that's not helping. That's not Michelle helping. Michelle is looking at you like, uh. And she, you- Michelle's got an ice cold stare, Michelle Visage. Then you yes. got Miguel Visage in the chair next to her. This, by the way, this is not Ryan Huffington. This is not Candace Kane. Miguel was Miguel was talking straight to these women, which I can really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. But that's what you need. You need that encouragement, you know. When Miguel said you need to start performing, <laughs> ooh, ooh, which is inferring that you haven't performed yet. Like, that is rough. That's rough, Lonnie. No, but Mistress was like, I'm just a big bitch out of breath. It's like, mm, no, you don't know the, the steps, honey. You- it's about knowing the steps. <laughs> it's like. It's about knowing the steps. It's like, it's about knowing the steps. But also, let's talk about, they had to write a verse for the RuPaul song, and they had to rehearse it. And writing the verse, like, have you ever had to experience that? Because we did a rusical, but we didn't have to actually write. Our verses were written for us. So we didn't have oh, to write nice. it. that's nice. Yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> can't, can't relate. Um, on Kitty Girl, we had to write our own. And I'd already played my harp. I'd already played my guitar. So I was like, I want to do rapping. I'm not exactly a versed rapper. I mean, of course, I have like Missy Elliott under construction. Of course, I have the essentials uh-huh, but uh-huh. i don't exactly sit home and spit rhymes and freestyle in my house so it was a little spook i know you, it's hard to believe that lonnie but um I don't. <laughs> you don't believe it but i was not scared of it and i think when it comes to writing your verses mm-hmm. i'd written records before but not rapping i was just not scared of it i'm just mm. and you know when it comes to rapping and bitch tracks uh-huh. There's no value in an earnest declaration of mediocrity. Like you shouldn't be like, I'm kind of good. Right, right. And be you humble. might like what yeah, I don't do. Don't be humble. Yeah, you have to be like, I'm the best in your garbage because that's the nature of it. So, you know, and pl- by the way, you better also learn it because once yeah. you get it, you have to do movement with it. That's right. That's so right. So my God, the pressure is on for these ladies. There's a reason why this this top four is always frenetic i mean kitty girl was a blur a blur <laughs> like i barely remember doing it because it was just a blur i remember bb zahara Benet dancing in front of a sewing machine and thinking that was bogus that's all i remember <laughs> i remember being like that bitch doesn't know how to turn that machine on and we're supposed to believe she's throwing fabric and like sewing girl please <laughs> you better read come on let them know you know, <laughs> you know what i mean oh. bb would be like 
sister, how do I turn this on? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we would have to help her. Oh, my goodness. I love that bitch. <laughs> she had BB on here. She is so amazing. We will. We definitely will. So we finished the rehearsals. I think the person I was most worried leaving the rehearsal was for Mistress. That was the challenge. The other girls, you know, I knew they could pick it up, do whatever. But Mistress was the one. So we get into the workroom elimination day. And the queens are all sitting around. They're chatting about what how they think they did for the music video. And it is important, again, for Squirrel Friends to realize they only get that day to do that. And they had to shoot right then and there the chorus part. So that was a lot. And we didn't get to see the result, but that was a lot of pressure. It's a know? lot. And it was a look change. Yes. You didn't even clock that. Once the video came out, I was like, oh my God, they had a whole other look. These yeah. girls, I, I know we haven't gotten into really critiques yet, but overall, my God, these girls really delivered. They well, that's why they're the top four. They're the fantastic four because of that. They also, in the workroom, they're chatting about their first impressions of each other. Well, everybody thought that Mistress was going to be <laughs> a piece of appeal, and she was. <laughs> and she was. Some people thought Sasha was going to be, like, snotty, but she turned out to be a sweetie pie and very helpful. You know, all of that. It's interesting how the queens initially see each other and then once they get to know each other, it comes out differently. Absolutely. You know who I talked to the least on RuPaul's Drag Race? Who? Katya. We really? barely spoke. We barely spoke. I and mean, we barely spoke. Because I think I saw what she looked like. And I was like, oh, she's just going to be like a sexy little slut. Like, <laughs> I didn't really <laughs> think she was going to do. I didn't think she was going to be funny. I mean, I didn't really get it. And uh-huh. now it's crazy thinking back that. I mean, we've worked together for like almost a decade now, but we barely spoke on Drag Race. So your snap judgment, your first impression, Uh that's all it is because you don't know. Was it because you guys didn't speak because you didn't have time or, you know, like give the squirrel friends an experience. I think she was threatened by my beauty. I think we remember what I looked like in season seven. I think everyone was just threatened by how beautiful I was. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's probably not true. I think we just got in different groups. We got ready in different areas of the room. You kind of pick a person and bond. I mean, I knew Pearl from beforehand. I got. A, I was kind of enchanted by fame, as we all were, Miss Fame. So I was definitely moseyed up to her. Jaden, Dior Fierce, I feel like I chatted with her a lot. You just kind of latch onto your people when there's 15 of you. Wow. You don't have time to dedicate to someone all day. And I, I went home fourth. It's not exactly like right. I was there the whole time. So Right. I got you. But, you know, it's interesting to hear their first impressions of each other because drag queens are, they are the queens of flip-flops, too, as far as, like, changing their mind about something whenever they want. Yeah. Yeah. You're my best friend, but I hated you three days ago. You know, Mm -hmm. like, that's the Mm -hmm. team. That's the emotions that you go through, you know. And this was the season of gates. Lux was part of all of the gates once they talked about it. We're talking about the 40-inch gate where there was an argument that Lux was she wearing 40 inches of hair? <laughs> and so they ended up, you know, bringing out a ruler for the 40 inches. And it was like, yeah, it was uh, 40 inches, but it was 40 inches kind of scraggly. It wasn't a gorgeous 40 inches. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a luxurious, you know. There was also Baby Bump Gate with Lucy when she played Beyonce, Night of a Thousand Beyonce. She was pregnant Beyonce or the yes. pregnancy reveal, but she didn't have a baby bump. At all. She didn't. And then they were like, where's the baby bump? (laughs) 
you know, and she was just like, well, like, she, you know, girl, just put on the baby bump. I mean, if you get an opportunity, I've never played pregnant and drag, uh-huh. but I would think it would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I played Beyonce pregnant and it for Halloween and it's always fun. So, but that yeah. was like one of the most iconic moments when Beyonce was performing at the VMAs and she unbuttoned that jacket and it showed the baby bump. And it was like, you didn't do that, Lucy. What? It's a flat stomach. <laughs> yeah. It was like revealing that you decided not to have a baby. <laughs> Or, or like a weight loss reveal or like, I don't know. It was like, <laughs> it could be a, it's different kind of, you know, you know, but you know what? This is the final four Trixie and they're preparing for the last day on the main stage. What is that feeling like? Well, I got to tell you something none of them talked about, but the real tea is you're so tired. You've been oh. doing 12 hour days in drag for months. Oh. They're starting to pre-pack. They're starting to think about, they're going to get their phone in two days. You know, they're starting to realize I'm almost done. No matter Mm -hmm. what happens, I'm Mm -hmm. going in two days. And once the fear of being eliminated is gone, Mm -hmm. that final stretch of just you four in a workroom that used to be filled with people, Mm -hmm. it's very intimate. It's very intimate because you can't not acknowledge that there are 11 other girls from your season who would kill you in a second to have what you have. Wow. And it's so intimate because there's the four of you or three of you, supposed to be three of you. And <laughs> you have a second to kind of say your final piece about each other. Because once one of you continues or once they yell rap, like mm-hmm. you're probably all going to go your separate ways and you might not see each other until a premiere or on tour or something. Mm-hmm. This is your final moment to really like air it out. Mm. In, a, in a sense of gratitude, not like comfort people, but it's a, it's a moment to be vulnerable about the fact that you have done what you came here to do. You're 99% mm-hmm. there. Wow. That's and you're like, looking, one of you will win. You're sitting in a room with the winner. That's the other thing. Now, how do you deal without having a phone all of those weeks? How did you deal with that? At first, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And then it's amazing. When you have no computer, no phone, it is Kirstie Alley, Tim Allen for richer or for poorer living in Amish community. It's <laughs> it's really amazing. And you realize, I like cross-dress. I mean, I've been doing drag since maybe right around Instagram started. Mm -hmm. So before Twitter, I think before TikTok, before any of that. And there was more of a sense of what I do in drag matters the most in this moment. Mm -hmm. The content or the picture of it or the video of it or the boomerang of it is not more important. Wow. And especially on Drag Race, I think it kind of helps to just have your head in the game. Imagine if all day you had to text, oh, hey, what have you been up to? I don't know. What like? Mm -hmm. There's no space for that. Mm-hmm. It sucks when you get your phone back and it's, I'm not kidding, hundreds of missed texts, right. hundreds of missed calls, hundreds of voicemails, emails. It sucks. It's a whole few hours of just responding, responding. You don't get responding. to tell people that you're on the show. No. So you've been gone all yeah. that time. Yeah. I remember I told Kim Chi, Kim Chi and I were really close at the time and I told her my grandma died and she said, uh, I've seen your drag. I don't think your grandma's going to be dead very long. <laughs> Which is such a shady thing to say. That bitch. I mean, you know, but when, you, when you're a working drag queen, you work three nights a week in town and you're suddenly mm-hmm. gone, everybody knows. Got you it. think gay people can keep secrets? Like, everybody knows. You come home and everyone's like, so. All the local gay bars are like, so we'd like to give you your own show now. You know, everybody suddenly starts giving you everything you want. And you're like, hmm. You know, 
<laughs> or like the type of gays that maybe you would have never come to see your show before are now showing up. <laughs> Local drag race fans start showing up to your shows before you've been on TV. That happens. Wow. I mean, everything changes. Your drag life goes from black and white to technicolor. So we're watching four people almost in the womb before uh-huh. their life changes forever. These are the last moments before they step out into the world as like kind of famous drag queens. So it's very intimate. These are, wow. I mean, for all intents and purposes, we're watching four people. I don't want to say nobodies, but compared to what their life will be like in a year. Yes. They are relishing in a moment of almost like, this is the last time we will be, let's just say Grinder will never be the same again. <laughs> you will never be able to use Grinder again. Like, you know, enjoy well, we- it. <laughs> We got to take another break, but when we come back, we're going to go to the main stage one last time. We'll be right back. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. We're at the main stage. RuPaul comes out. Oh my god. I mean, I mean, I mean. Let me just specify. RuPaul dog walks every single one of us every single day. Like, it's so unreal how beautiful she looks. I understand that there's hair and makeup and a team, but it still is just her. My God. I mean, just, I mean, she has come a long way. This gown that she has is a rose colored gown that perfectly matches her skin color. It's a high split on one side and it's a beautiful bow on the other. It's a sequence rose gold with her platinum blonde hair and makeup is fierce. It's just, I can't even describe it anymore, Trixie. It's just beautiful. Untouchable. I mean, it has to do with RuPaul's like skin tone, not just the shade, but the yes. tone. The yes. color mm-hmm. of RuPaul's skin is that perfect, like, that caramel. Caramel where she can do any. It's a little like Vanessa Williams where she can do any color. Yes. Yeah. And then definitely. the way they they always tweak her makeup and hair just enough that she looks different, but it still looks like RuPaul. Mm-hmm. They just, I mean. They, Gorgeous. I think in, it could be studied. The, the, the process of getting RuPaul ready for the runway. It's incredible. It is incredible. 
the way she looks. It was a beautiful outfit. This week is just family. It's Michelle and Ross there to judge. The runway category is drag excellence. Up first is Anitra. And she comes out looking intergalactic with this blue velvet dress. Blue is the velvet base of it with crystals all around and tassels. And her hair is up in a beautiful platinum blonde points. And it says she's got a lot of points. That's what they said as far as, you know, in her movement of it, it fishtails to the bottom. She knows how to sew. She knows what she looks like. She made this outfit herself. Anitra knows herself. And this is what gets you to top four, this type of outfit. Girl, this was crazy. My first thought was perfect. She looks perfect. (laughs) I mean, I know I talked about Mistress's makeup artistry to me is like God tier. (laughs) Anitra ain't too shabby either. That makeup is unbelievable. That contour... When she turned her head and the way she shades her cheek just mm-hmm. high enough to lift it, but cup it, and then that snatched eye. Because sometimes I think that, I mean, I've seen all the looks this season. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think that Anitra wears too much makeup for her flat little wigs, and you can all put me in jail. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't care, whatever. But in this look, I was like, oh, uh-huh. she looked amazing. She looked amazing. amazing. And I think it's hard to wear blue and silver and crystal. Mm. Without looking New Year's or Hanukkah, it, to me it sometimes <laughs> to me it sometimes reads holiday. Yeah, um, yeah, she just looked perfect. Didn't she look perfect, Lonnie? She looked wonderful. Up next was Lux Noir London in all white. The joke was uh, straight from the Cicely L. Tyson Performing Arts Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Cicely L. Tyson is you know she's getting her flowers today in the references. Oh, we love Cicely. This is an all-white floor-length gown with a train, a high slit, another bow on the side, sleeveless with rhinestones on one side of the breast. And her hair was up in cornrows, cascading down. Beautiful, beautiful Afrocentric textured hair that fit this dress and long cascading crystal earrings. What did you think about this? I really nut for like high texture hair on runway looks (laughs) because of the movement. When you're walking, it catches air. Like the hair swells as you walk and it it breathes. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Loved Lo- I mean, I just love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not my favorite look of all hers. Oh, okay. All right. But I like, I, I mean, she looks beautiful in white, of course. Yeah. I'm the body makeup police. Okay. She didn't have any body makeup on, but I understand that when you're wearing white, white. you can't exactly do body makeup. Right, right. I was watching it and I went, how come it doesn't match her head? And I said, oh, she can't. It's a white outfit. She can't do oh, body makeup Oh, see, you would be a great judge because, see, I wouldn't pick that up. I'm oh, like, no, I'm queen of the universe. <laughs> it's a singing competition. I'm like, great job. Where's your body makeup? It's like the first thing I talk about. Just because I, I believe in when this makeup is so good and she is quite a beauty. Oh, my God. Yes. She really looked, she looks excellent. I mean, she looks Excellent. But it's also a competition and it's these little things that people pick up, you know, especially when judging that people pick up that are also important that we don't think about, but that judges actually do. So, yeah, her looks usually have like a a pop kind of severity to them. Mm -hmm. And this look, I can appreciate that she really went touchable, soft, real, glowing. Mm -hmm. It was almost Mm -hmm. 
I love the two braids. So it was like big texture with movement right. and then like two long pieces. Yeah. Love that. You love, love that. that. And I don't know if this was intentional, but during the music video, she had a wig with two braids here. Mm. I was yeah. like, she's doing a two braid storyline. God, she's, I met her a few weeks ago. I was in, I forget where I was, but I went down the street to a club and she was doing an after party because I had a show at a theater down the street. I think she was doing an after party at the club. And I met her and God, she's beautiful. That makeup in real life is just She's unbelievable. just adorable. Lux I've never, adorable. that waist, I, I can't even comprehend that there's organs in there. That's called young. <laughs> I can't comprehend, Lonnie, that there's organs in there. Organs. Oh. There's organs. <laughs> I know. There's a stomach in there. There's lungs. It's a stomach. It's a stomach. It's there. It is there. Well, if she needed a, if she needed a kidney transplant, they'd have to get it from a guinea pig. Like, she is... <laughs> God. She has like my dream body that I will never have, but good for her. <laughs> oh my goodness. Up next, Sasha Colby with a beautiful cultured look. Her hair is in a headpiece with lay and this gown. Let's describe it. Let's describe that gown, Trixie. You know, the closer I looked at it, the more I liked it. At first mm-hmm. I was like, mm, nude, great beige, whatever. And then <laughs> honestly, I didn't love it at first at the end of the runway. But when it walked toward us and we started to see more stones, more details, yes. I was like, ah, yes. ah, ooh, love the jewelry. To me, the jewelry made it the little. Yes. I don't yeah, know if the, you can call it bangles. jewelry. It was giant it was, b- bangles. Yes. She looked just beautiful. Her yeah. face always looks beautiful. Love the flowers on the head. It was a beautiful French twist in the back using her real hair, which I bet she did that herself. It's not easy to do your own French twist. Yeah. She really mastered that it wasn't my favorite eye makeup put me in jail put me in prison i thought it made it look like her eyes were looking in two different directions yeah yeah you could see that when she was standing and they were talking to the judges when they were standing to the judges because she was at an angle so sometimes you have to watch that but overall the look of elegance was there and uh, elegance and it really felt when she mentioned hawaii it did feel hawaii it did feel humidity and <laughs> Like it was a know, hotness. Yeah, like it. The flowers. It felt. I mean, I've only been to Hawaii once, but it felt like, oh, this is a tribute to her. Yeah, someplace that's important to you. And that's what she stated that that was a, a tribute to her home state. Last but not least, Mistress Isabel Brooks in a gown that she actually wore during one of her championships. It's a gold, silver lay, cheetah beaded dress cheetah print and the prints are not on she made sure to tell us the prints aren't on the fabric it's actually beads like handmade uh, like this dress is 60 pounds and it fit her actually this dress made her look smaller to me it was a gorgeous dress what did you think of it lux is 60 pounds <laughs> like this dress this i mean for somebody to pack that in a suitcase, this is mistress though Oh, oh, I know, but oh, like, you're saying Lux is Lux, 60 Lux body. <laughs> like she's carrying Lux. Um, it was just impressive. I mean, to pack up outfit that fragile, real beads like that, mm. fragile, mm-hmm. heavy, to save it to the end of the competition. Uh. From the neck up, that bitch works my <laughs> pussy out. I think her makeup and her hair looked unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal. And her makeup, anywhere she turned her head under those studio lights, it looked perfect. Yes. Just amazing. 
And that dress fit her perfectly, Uh, fit her great. It fit her perfectly. What a wonderful final showing. All four of them, really, but I especially thought that Mistress, what a great final look. Yeah. Was that your favorite out of the four? No, Anitra. 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 Mm -hmm. Anitra ate, she chewed, she swallowed, she regurgitated, she gagged. Like, Anitra, and Anitra made that outfit. Yeah, she did. You know, when you have Mistress saying, I love this outfit, someone did it. (laughs) And she's like, this represents some hours of work. I said, bitch, not you. Like, Anitra made that outfit. So that also adds a little, like, 1% points. But they all look, I mean, honestly, we're comparing apples and oranges. These are four fierce drag queens who look better than me or anyone I know. Oh, it's a great top four. So we see the final version of Blame It on the Edit. What did you think of it? First, we had Anitra and Lux Noir London come out. They changed outfits. Lux Noir had on a like all white, like a white mini a skirt with the thigh high white boots, um, a sleeveless mini top with a platinum white hair, which in the black and white, it looked great. And then Anitra had on this multicolored bodysuit, and she also had her head with points and eye makeup to match. And it just, they looked fierce. They did the dance. I thought they both did well in the music video. Yeah, honestly, I think for me, they gave the two maybe best performances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, I'm happy for who wins this challenge, but they were my two favorites in the performances. Lux really walked in there and ate that shit up. You would think it was Lux's video. <laughs> Honestly, she performed like it was her video, and that's what you have to do mm-hmm. in the final stretch. You have to be like, this is my video. Yep, definitely. And Anitra, you know, I know we talk about her being soft spoken or whatever, but when it comes to focus and locking it in when they say action, that bitch was locked in. In. Mm. Wow, 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 wow. Mm-hmm. She is just an amazing drag queen that I'm so excited about. And Lux, oh God, I could I could watch her read the phone book. She is so beautiful. It's just great. And up next we had Sasha Kobe and Mistress Isabel Brooks. Sasha Kobe had on this wonderful bodysuit. It was like a nude illusion bodysuit, makeup to match with it, with high platform pointy heels. Mistress had on a corset bodysuit. Her hair was cascading in like a blonde with matching makeup. And she missed a couple of steps, Mistress did. But the judges did comment that her look, as far as her lip sync, was on point better than all the other three. And that even though she missed the steps, she made up with it by her lip sync in the video. What did you think? I mean, she's obviously the worst dancer there. Let's just be honest. (laughs) She is. That was the worst dancing of the four. It was. She knows it. I know it. We all watched it. Whatever. But I'm going to be honest. When the video ended, Mm -hmm. her solo sections lip syncing and that big, beautiful, flawless mug was all I could think about. It was my favorite part of the video was her solo lip syncs. Her artistry is beyond. She painted on a face that was more interesting or compelling than anything else going on in the video. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, Every time she's on camera lip syncing, you're like, oh, oh. it was just, it's, so, can you tell I like her? Can I can you tell, tell I like Mistress? I can tell. I just, I love be. I just, I'm such a cornball because I love beauty and she is so beautiful. 
I'm me. Just, ugh. oh, God. She's so gorgeous. And so I don't care if you can't dance. Yeah, yeah. Really? And that's what the judges said. That's what they said. As far as squeaking that win, mm-hmm. of course, it helps to be the best dancer. Right. But as a person just enjoying the performance, Mistress just, she made up for that dancing in other areas, I think. Definitely. And you know what? The thing is, too, is that in this video, RuPaul looked awesome. Looked like a biker chick, straight, metal hair, beautiful, beautiful gorgeous. And actually, Lux sang a lot of her part, her verse, which we didn't know that she was a singer. And so that was really, really great. So we got through the video, and then we get to the part where Rue asked the queens, what would they say to their younger selves? She puts up that picture when you was three or four. And I'm like, ooh, what would you say to your younger self? Run from the dog. Now, what would you say? <laughs> no, no, we established that if you had run, it could have gone worse. Oh you are so fun. I know, I would have been like, if RuPaul was like, what would you say to little Brian? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, in 1995, the Green Bay Packers are going to get the Super Bowl. Put all your money down now. Like, girl, I would, mar- I would like, back to the future to this. I would start feeding them statistics with baseball. You know, you're going to want to invest in hand sanitizer in about 2019. You know? I love- like, I would be using that to my advantage. Mm. But, you know, I, it's such an intense moment to talk to your younger self while basically the queen of your art form holds a photo of Wow. That is a surreal moment. It is. It's one of my favorite moments during the episodes. It's just, it it makes you reflect. It makes you, you know, think about where you come from. And you try not to cry, but you automatically, you know, when you think about all the work that you put in and what you've been through and the ups and the downs, it's like, it's a very emotional moment. So I always love that. You you try not to cry, but Lonnie... If it's just us girls, you know you got to cry to win. <laughs> so you better cry, bitch. If you don't have trauma, you better pinch yourself. You better pinch your nipple clean off. Because if you want to win, you have to cry. I'm not, I'm being funny, but I'm also like, you need to cry to win. You do. You have to. Has anybody ever won Drag Race without crying? Um, not since Tyra. <laughs> like, you have to cry to win. Oh my goodness. Sponsored by Kleenex. The Tic Tac Luncheon sponsored by Kleenex, girl. Like The judges give their final critiques. Did you agree or disagree with any of the judges' opinions? Um, you know where I really felt seen was when the hilarious Roth Matthews said, <laughs> he said that you might have missed the dance steps, but once your face came on screen with your lip sync, you got yeah. me. And I went, guys, that's why I'm very forgiving of her not dancing well, because those sections really hooked me. So Yeah. The truth is, yeah. drag queens are also different. It's not an exciting competition if everyone's the best at everything. Exactly. And they're all so different. They're all, you know, Rue said that she made her mind up at the beginning of the season to have an elimination every episode. But at this point of the episode, she said that she was still making up her mind who should go and you know when they were doing the deliberations it's just the three of them you know you could tell that it was really really hard because mistress although she didn't do the dance steps right for that particular challenge Mm -hmm. she's been killing in the acting challenge she's funny the one thing that really resonated with me what ross said about mistress was that you're a big girl but you don't make yourself the butt of the joke yes that was like You know, because I remember when I was judging, it was season 14 and I was talking to Cornbread 
And I gave Cornbread the note that, hey, everything don't have to be about food. And believe it or not, Trixie, she sent me a tweet like about a month ago and she put it out and she said, you know, at first when Lonnie Love said what she said, because she had just watched the episodes. She hadn't watched it when she was on. And so she had just watched it and she said she could remember being upset with what I said. And then she said she remembered taking some time and thinking about what I actually told her about herself and having confidence and not always using joke or like, I'm a greedy and I'm this and that. And she said, now I understand what Lonnie meant. Well, I don't think you were being critical of her as much as you were reminding her she can open up her, she can like paint with a wider brush when she makes, you know what I mean? Exactly. I was going to say, you're lucky you didn't get told to eat her ass by cornbread. (laughs) Like you're lucking out. Girl, the judges have to watch their backs. And by the way, you signed up to be judged. Okay. You did, the government didn't come <laughs> to your house and force you to be judged on television. When you sign up for Drag Race, you go, I would love the opportunity to be critiqued. And mm-hmm. then when you get critiqued and you balk at it, girl, that just means you don't even know what you signed up for. It means you don't respect the system and you don't respect. Winning only means something because the judges critique you. If the judges told everyone they were amazing, winning it would mean nothing. Like it means something because these judges pull you apart. They really scrutinize you. And I think that I'm always going to offend drag queens, of course, but the judges are just doing their job. It is Mm -hmm. really not personal. It's not all that deep, Mm -hmm. you know? Definitely. Did you ever feel some type of way when you were being judged? Uh, Yeah, uh, of course, every time. That's what I mean. I come at this from a place of, I know what it's like to get a critique you don't want and feel victimized. Like, I felt that way. I'm trying to think, like, to be honest, on season seven, when I went home fourth, I thought it was bogus. I thought it was extremely bogus, and I was really vocal about it. In interviews, I was like, no, bogus. Mm-hmm. Thinking back, do I think that helped me at all? No. But mm. in my world at the time, you were feeling it. Yeah. Me felt it. I felt, oh, that was not fair. I did better than that. But now watching it back, I'm like, girl, you were nothing special and you made a lot of mistakes in this episode. Let me tell you, when I lost Little Miss Detroit 1972, I was like, <laughs> fuck off, judges. And so, and I regret that still to this day. Okay. The challenge winner was Sasha Kobe. She wins a cash prize of $5,000 and moves on to the grand finale. Lux Noir London was safe and she moves on to the grand finale. The bottom two were Nitra and Mistress Isabel Brooks. And they had to lip sync to the song When Love Takes Over. A bop. A, a bop. bop. A bop. It's that's a bop, the, right? That's what the kids say. Yeah, it's a bop. I mean, Kelly yeah. Rowland, David Guetta went up there and put their <laughs> pussies in that track. It's I amazing. Mean, it was a great song. And, you know, I was so afraid because I was like, ooh, Mistress is going home. <laughs> Well, RuPaul decided for the first time this season, no one is going to go home. It's going to be a top four grand finale. There you go, Tracy. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) When I tell you my wig flew the chat, when I tell you I had no way of foreseeing this, I was sitting on the couch, girl. (laughs) Look at you. You just are as, as tickled by this as I am. I was sitting on the couch watching this, and I turned to my partner, David, and I said, I swear to God, David. If this one of these people does not go home, I'm going to levitate out of this house. No, no, we feel better. I got up. I saw the top four. 
I got up, I opened the front door of my house, I lit up the joint, and I just said, it is what it is, sis. Like, <laughs> this is RuPaul's world, and we all live in it. And if she says, I'm sending people home, you better at least act like you think that's happening. All right, don't go far, because after the break, our special guest has some slaying to do, and she did. My interview with Lucy LaDuca is next. Let loose, baby. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Our guest today is one of the 37 Connecticut queens from season 15. (laughs) But she is beautiful, funny, talented, and can impersonate the house down. But most importantly, I hope she is ready to let loose. Please welcome Lucy LaDuca. Hello, Lucy. Hi, Miss Lonnie. How are you? I am excellent. You know, Alec is booked and blessed. He is on a boat telling jokes, but he couldn't be here today but he wanted me to tell you hello and congratulations on a great seat can i tell you something lucy please joan rivers killed it dolly parton killed it rip her to shreds you just killed it okay how has life been since becoming a rue girl first of all thank you so much for the amazing compliments my life has been wonderful it's been a big change I think people, I'm sure. people don't necessarily talk about how the adjustment of of traveling so much is really, really a big change. Definitely. And it's like, you know, I do get homesick pretty easily. So it's that's <laughs> been a little tough for me. I have a little stuffed version of my dog to, that I bring around with me that kind of helps me out. Uh-huh. But it's been wonderful. And my favorite thing has been meeting people from all over the country. And it just it makes me feel so loved that people would spend money on a ticket to take a picture with me and meet me uh-huh. and, and hug me and it, it I really feel the love it's really been amazing you know it's the best feeling in the world Lucy I mean I know what it's like and I can relate totally about the whole traveling situation but when you see those faces and you know just to think that someone is getting out of their house putting on clothes just to come and see you it does make you feel really really good 
Talk yeah. to us about your experience on Drag Race. Do you have a favorite memory? My first answer is definitely Snatch Game. Yes. I had been preparing for Snatch Game so much. And I did stand-up shows as Joan for several years before I did Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And so I've been writing comedy in the style of Joan for so long. And I feel like I blacked out when I finally was on that set. <laughs> you know, Rue said, uh, Joan Rivers is here. And then I just motor mouth. I just, every single joke I could think of, I just let it go. And and that was probably the most memorable time on set. It just felt right. You know, it was like, take us back to that moment because I just felt like you were just in the groove of it. I mean, was Mm -hmm. it like that during the taping? Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, you know, improv is one of my strongest skills. And then I'm a student of Joan Rivers comedy. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I can sort of just switch into this mode where I think as Joan. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I just was like, whatever comes out of my mouth. I'm sure it's something that Joan would say. And so I just kind of I just kind of let myself go and and I trusted my gut and it worked out. Take us back to when you first heard that you got on Drag Race. What was that feeling like and when did you get the news? It was incredible. I was walking my incredible dog Rocco, who I talk about every 5 seconds. Um <laughs> I was walking my dog Rocco and I this sounds made up, but I swear it's not Lonnie. Mm-hmm. I was walking in front of the elementary school that I went to when oh. I got that call. Oh. And it, I got the call and they said, "Lucy, you've been cast on RuPaul's Drag Race season 15." And I oh. went, "No. No." Oh. I said <laughs> I said, there's more to the process. And they went, no, there isn't. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It was so surreal. It was, and I, you know, I still live in a small town that I grew up in. And and to be in front of the elementary school that I went to. Wow. Where I used to make kids laugh. Wow. And and to get that call was just incredible. And it it felt amazing after all these years of doing drag. Because I have been doing drag for 87 and a half years now. So. You, the experience showed. I mean, because I felt like oh, during the episodes, you could tell you were ready. You were, you know, did mm-hmm. you come in with a game plan when you knew once you got there, did you have a game plan? I think my game plan was just to be as prepared as I possibly could be. Mm-hmm. The amount of stuff that I brought, Lonnie, <laughs> when, when people would leave, I would immediately take over their station, unpack <laughs> Six more boxes of hair. <laughs> I brought everything. So my my strategy was just to be prepared and to trust my gut because it's it's gotten me as far as it has. And it certainly worked out for the best. I mean, it really has, Lucy. It you know, this is the thing. Your comedy is on point. Your impersonation skills on oh, point. Thank you so much. And the rusical. I think that really was the peak for me seeing you as Kevin Bacon. What did it feel like to have Kevin Bacon, the Kevin Bacon, praise you on the uh, Rusical for wig loose? Well, first of all, I think that Kevin Bacon noticing me at all is probably the best moment of my mom's entire life. You know, she's got, she's got four kids. She's an incredible career woman. But I think that Kevin Baking, knowing who I am, I think that was her crowning achievement, really. Mm-hmm. And like, that was incredible. And I, I, he seems like such 
I don't know if you if you've met him, but on social media, he just seems so real. He is so, so grounded cool. mm-hmm. and so cool. And so to get a shout out from him was really incredible and very validating. And also, he's an ally. That's through true. And through. That's through true. And through. So that That's was an true. awesome moment. And I loved being able to. I'm so happy that I fought for that part and that I got to show people that i really love to do choreography because i'm i'm a theater girl definitely you can tell you are you know you're a theater and a comedy girl and you know talking about fighting for that role there was this playfulness between you and lux a a competitive Mm -hmm. playfulness and also with selena have you been able to talk to any other queens and kind of like say you know hey this was this but now we're good oh yeah um i mean uh, specifically selena selena is actually one of my closest friends from the show and every time i'm in la i have dinner with her i've met her wonderful family selena is such an incredibly supportive person and we're also the same age in in the in the world of drag race we're ancient (laughs) and so you know, we're an ancient 32 years of age. And so I think that we have a, a sort of similar view on life and where we are and how long it took us to get to where we are. And so she, she's really a, a wonderful friend of mine. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. What was it like competing with your other Connecticut drag sisters? You know, it was great to have them there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> not to sound self-centered, but it was <laughs> it was, hey, girl, good to see you. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, it was, I, I didn't see them any differently than I saw anybody else. It was just, you know what? Hey girl, hey girl. Let's, <laughs> let's do this damn thing. You know, love them, love them. But I was focused on, on winning. Oh my goodness. I feel you. You know, now during this season, you opened up about growing up in your hometown and mm-hmm. people making fun of you, including a teacher. And you still live there. Like you just told me. Talk to us about that. And do you feel like, you know, you've made a point of showing that you can be successful through drag? Absolutely, I do. And um, I think that telling my story has been really important, much more important than I ever thought. I I just figured I'm being my authentic self because that's the only version of myself I know how to be. What I didn't know is that I was going to get thousands i mm. i'm not exaggerating thousands of messages from people who i'm getting emotional about it who relate to my story mm. and said that they felt like they were seeing themselves represented on screen mm. and that means everything to me because it means that i went through all of that for a reason mm-hmm. and that i get to be the person who tells people that it doesn't matter where you grew up, that Mm -hmm. you owe it to yourself to live as authentically as you need to, Mm -hmm. because that's the healthiest thing to do. And no one should ever tell you that the way you act or sound or, or live your life is wrong. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely right. I mean, this is why we love drag race, Lucy, because of, you know, we get to meet, talented people like you, you would think after season 15, oh, it might get old. It might get, no, Mm -hmm. it's just a refreshment. And you were so refreshing. I just want you to know that. 
Thank um, you so much, Lonnie. I, I really, really, really hope that you understand that, that you were a part of this season that was so memorable. And all of your characters, it was just on point. So I, I hope that you relish that more than anything else. Because now you can move on to the future with your performing and everything that you're doing. I hope you understand and take that in, you know. Now, on a happier note, your song, Let Loose, that you performed (laughs) in the talent show is blowing up, honey. That performance didn't go the way you wanted it to. So how did it feel now seeing it take off? Yeah, I mean, on on Spotify a couple days ago, we hit 100,000 streams (gasps) within a couple of days. And uh and that's just on Spotify. <laughs> it's trending on TikTok. I'm getting videos of people performing, drag queens performing it all <laughs> over the world, Lonnie. I've got videos from Poland, from Germany. I got a video from Africa this morning. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yes, yes. So it's been, I, I will not pretend to know how the internet works. <laughs> so I don't know why two months later, the song has blown up, uh-huh. but I mean, I'm thrilled. It's a song that I've wanted to do for over 10 years. My very good friend and music partner, Andrew Barrett Cox, wrote uh-huh. and produced the song for me. He also wrote and produced Jantasy for Jan uh-huh. on All Stars and also wrote and produced Lemon Song on Canada. And we've had this idea since we were college kids in Boston a decade ago. Wow. And so to be able to do it and then have the world love it... <laughs> It's crazy. And I'm just like, all right, well, I guess my booking fee just went up if they want me to do Let Loose. Let them know. Get that coin, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Get that coin. Everyone is lip syncing it. Marsha, 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 Alaska. You know, it's a bop. You know, that's that's what the kids call it. It's a bop. (laughs) It's a bop. It's a bop, Lonnie. (laughs) Oh, I love it. You know, Lucy, Alec always says drag is like a superpower and superhero Mm -hmm. identity. What? What would your drag superpower be? Ooh, I think that my drag superpower, I think it's it's almost kind of like being psychic mm-hmm. because I think that my superpower in and out of drag, to be honest, is that I could look at somebody, have a quick conversation with them, and I automatically know how to make them laugh. <laughs> I can go, oh, <laughs> yep, all right, this is how to do it. I love That's it. my superpower. I this think superpower. I think laughter is my uh my superpower i love that and we need more of that lucy you know what's next for you well with the success of let loose i certainly am gonna perform some more music release some more music i mm-hmm. believe i'm going to do we actually announced it a couple days ago we're coming out with an extended remix of let loose yes <laughs> to give the kids even more to let loose to <laughs> and i really would love to tour as joan I think that's a huge career goal of mine. Yes. Yes. I just would love to, because we need her back. You know, I did, she had a podcast called In Bed with Joan Rivers. And when I every episode. Oh my, Lucy, that's why I just automatically, you know, related to you because I felt her presence in you. I mean, you had her her mannerisms, so her wit, her quickness. It was just awesome. And that would be an awesome tour to do. So please, you know, work on that. Where can people find you on social media, Lucy? They can find me on every social media at Lucy LaDuca. 
Lucy LaDuca. You know, you should do a line of shoes with LaDuca. Well, um, if someone can tweet at LaDuca right now, right here, uh, right now, okay. get that sponsorship going. I, I love that. You know what, Squirrel Friends? You heard Lucy. Go ahead. Make it happen. We can do mm-hmm. that. Lucy, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to come in and talk to Squirrel Friends. It's been awesome. And congratulations. You had a wonderful season 15. Thank you so much, Lonnie. I will be back anytime. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back with my special guest, co-host Trixie Mattel. Now, Trixie, for the final fabulous top four, who are your favorites? Okay, my personal favorite, I think Anitra is flawless. And you know that mistress, that face works my pussy out. Unparalleled. It is amazing. It's amazing. Well, you know what? I was proud to have you join me today in place of Alec. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. Where can we catch you? Where can we catch the shows? What's going on? Here's your time. Let us know, mama. Oh my gosh. Well, if you have the internet, if you haven't seen me on YouTube at this point, you're actively avoiding me. You're blocking me. <laughs> like we're on, you know, Queens would like to watch a Netflix uh, is in its eighth season. The Bald and the Beautiful podcast is perfect for a commute if you like two unhinged, bald homosexuals screaming. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, please, you know, more than supporting me at this time, I can't implore you more to walk down the street and tip a drag queen a dollar. Write a letter to a representative like... Drag is so special Mm. and drag race on one hand gave us this amazing economy and art form to talk about, but it's also made drag visible enough that people have a problem with it. And so it's the double-edged sword of drag being so big now is people are going to try to push us back in that dressing room and performers of drag, supporters of drag. We just have to be as rational and loud as ever. Don't cut anybody off in your life. Have those weird conversations with your homophobic uncle or your transphobic mom or have these conversations and just be an ally to this art form that means so much to me. Love you. I am contestant number eight, Amber Atkins. Thank you. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, Trixie Mattel. And like she said, remember to tip your queens. Show them some love on socials. Don't forget to tweet us or DM us if you have questions or hot takes at Alec Mappa on Instagram, at Comic Lonnie Love on Instagram, and at Lonnie Love on Twitter. You can listen to Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us five stars, please. Tell a friend. Be sure to watch all new episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 15 every Friday on MTV. Alec and I will be back next time for an all new episode of Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. See you soon. Thanks, Trixie. Damn, bitch, you ripped through that outro perfectly. Bye! Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.